Uh, one of our values is that we want to be Jesus focused. And that's what we're going to do today in the message. And I'm just telling you, I think this message is going to really encourage you today. And if not you on this particular topic, I believe you know of someone that you could forward it to, send it to, who it will encourage. Um, you know, we're starting a brand new series today called You're Not the Boss of Me. And I think we've all said that phrase. If you're married, maybe you've whispered it under your breath, right? Like, you ain't the boss of me. Yes, ma'am. You know, I'm not sure how it works for you, but we've at least thought it. And because we don't want anyone telling us what to do. We just don't. As a matter of fact, I don't even think we like people suggesting things to us. Hey, if you don't mind, could I suggest no? Well, okay then, I'll back down. That's just kind of how we're wired up as people. So it's very frustrating to us. Watch. When we have emotions that feel like they're bossing us around. Uh, today, I want to talk about one of those emotions that maybe you've experienced, and that is anxiety. And I think it is very, very real for so many people. If you've never really struggled with an anxiety attack or uh, a, a really strong, anxious moment in your life, then maybe you've just experienced a, a smaller level of that, of being worried about tomorrow or not being able to sleep over something. There's so many different levels. And so I want to start today uh, this message with a confession. They say confession is good for the soul. So let me just admit something. I love Jesus, and I have battled anxiety in my life. I love Him. I love His Word. I love, I love the church. I believe it is the hope of the world. I believe Jesus has all the answers to life itself. But I have really battled anxiety at different moments in my life. Um, it has run in my family that I didn't know about until a few years ago when I'm going, what is going on inside of me? And so today I'll be very vulnerable with you and share with you a couple of moments in my life where anxiety was very real and it felt like it was bossing me around and I didn't know what to do about it. And we also have an amazing story by one of my friends. Uh, she'll share her story with you as well in just a moment. One of the times I want to share with you actually occurred in 2020. Now, you're probably thinking, all of us were anxious in 2020. Um, I think you're right. I think 2020 one day will be a verb in our vocabulary. Dude, you just got 2020, you know. Um, I, I don't know how it will be used in the future, but it made an impact on all of us is what I'm saying. And it was during a time in my personal life where um, there were some friendships that was, those relationships were under great, great strain. Um, we were going through some things as a church family of, of trying to navigate that as a leader was very difficult. Um, I had some very, very close friends going through the hardest times of their life. So trying to walk through that with them. Um, uh, that put a strain on my life. It put a strain on my spiritual life. At the same time, we had so much social injustice and uh, racism that seemed to be occurring in the nation. So helping some of our, our family members and our church who were hurt by what they were seeing on television, as I think we should all have been hurt by what we were seeing on television. So helping, helping them walk through that, helping the those in our church family who are part of our law enforcement, their families were hurting 
because of things that were being said about what they do for a living. So it was just, it was so many pockets in my life where I felt like I was just being torn apart and stretched in ways that I'd never been before. And I remember this season of waking up at 2 a.m., 2.30 a.m., my heart about to beat out of my chest, sweat just coming down off of me, putting on my shirt and shorts and shoes and trying to walk it off but not being able to, unable to eat, unable to sleep, and this happening over and over and over and still trying to live life, still trying to love life, still trying to lead others in this crazy time that we were going through. And it was a very, very difficult time for me when it comes to anxiety. And that was just one of the moments that I've had. And so I just wanted you to know up front, um, uh, I am not a perfect leader, but I want to be a vulnerable leader. And if it encourages you, then awesome. Uh, This message is about what God has taught me and how to deal with anxiety. So again, if it encourages you, great. Um, and here's what I want to say. I'm not an expert on this topic. <laughs> uh, th- there, are, there are individuals who struggle with anxiety to such a degree where it's wise. It is not weakness to get counseling. It shows wisdom, not weakness to sit down with someone to go, help me. What's, ha- what, what's happening with my mind? What's happening internally? It could be emotional anxiety. It could be physiological. It could be spiritual. It could be mental for so many different reasons. If you are under the trusted care of a doctor who's recommending medication, please take your medication. I don't have all the answers on that. What I want to do is just simply speak from a spiritual perspective of what anxiety is and also just look How did Jesus deal with anxiety? Because did you know he experienced it? So the scripture is very clear that he has experienced everything we have experienced, except he did it without sinning. It is not a sin to have anxious thoughts. The Bible is very clear. It's not a sin to have anger thoughts and anger, anger emotions. It just says, don't sin in your anger. So when we have anxiety, that's not, that's not a sin. It's, we need to know how to deal with it so that we don't sin in our anxiety. Does this make sense? So we're going to be Jesus-focused today and look at how he actually handled anxiety. The definition I love for anxiety, and you'll see it on the screen, is to tear apart. Because that's what you feel. You feel like you are being torn apart you feel like your thoughts are being shredded and you can't live in the present. Uh, it feels like your skin is crawling and so you feel like your soul is being ripped apart. You feel like that your future is being taken away from you. You feel like you can't live in the present because you are going through a cheese grater with every thought and emotion and feeling. There's no consistency. There's no foundation. And you just feel like you're being tossed and thrown about back and forth over and over and over and over. And so you feel like you are being torn apart. I really like that definition for anxiety. That's how I have felt. And maybe, just maybe, some of you can identify. Um, As we look at Jesus, how did he deal with anxiety? And by the way, when did he experience anxiety? Well, I want to give you three points that I wrote down that I think we can actually learn from him. 
and these have helped me in my own life, so hopefully they help you. So first, let me say this. Here's the first step to dealing with anxiety. Pray with friends. Pray with friends. Um, I have two individuals who, when my anxiety starts coming up, I know immediately who to call. I know immediately to text, hey, not sure why, don't know where it's coming from, but I'm wanting you to pray with me and pray for me. So here's the moment for Jesus, because he did the same thing. The moment for Jesus is he's headed to the cross. He has his last supper with his disciples. Um, he knows what is about to take place after dinner. Judas has left to betray him. The chief priests have secretly schemed against him for an illegal trial to come so that they could have him crucified by Pilate. He knows this is coming. So he pulls his disciples away to his favorite place to pray with his father, the Garden of Gethsemane. Gethsemane is actually called the crushing place, and this is where he goes. He knows what's about to take place. So we find the story picking up in Mark chapter 14, and we'll start picking up in verse 32. And here's what it says. They went to a place called Gethsemane, which again means the crushing. And Jesus said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. And watch. He took Peter, James, and John along with him, and he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. These are the words for anxiety. As a matter of fact, I love how the message translation says it. Here's how he was beginning to, to feel. He fell into a sinkhole of dreadful agony. It's anxiety. And he pulls his, his small group with him. And then he pulls three of his closest in the small group, Peter, James, and John. And he's going, guys, I need you to pray. I need you to pray with me. I need you to pray for me during this moment. Because I am feeling so much anxiety about what's to take place. Now, we might want to stop and go, whoa, whoa, whoa. Doesn't Jesus know everything? Yes, he was 100% God and 100% man. So doesn't he know everything, even what's coming after the cross? Yes, but he had not experienced it. Those are two different things. He knows about crucifixion. But he had never experienced it before. And the weight, not just of the crucifixion. By the way, this is where we get our word excruciating. Ex means out of. Cruciating means crucifixion. It's excruciating for him to think about that he would now experience something, not just the physical torture that would take place, but the sinful torture that he would become that he's never tasted before. The Bible says he became sin for us. And then there would be this spiritual somehow separation with his father. He had always had this close communion with his father. So this is starting to set in and this anxiety is sitting in on him and he is asking his friends, would you please be with me in this moment? This is Jesus wanting his small group to be with him. This is so important. He didn't want to do this by himself. He wanted them to pray with him. And, and how honest was he with them? Look at what he says to Peter, James, and John. Here's how honest he was about his emotions. Verse 34, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow. Have you ever felt this way? To the point of death. <laughs> and he said to them, stay here and keep watch. Here's what Jesus is saying. This is so much for me, 
and I feel like I'm being torn apart in every possible way, I feel like I'm going to die before I ever even get to the cross. This is how hard it is for me. And who is he sharing it with? His small group. For me personally, I cannot imagine, I can't imagine going through a bout with anxiety without a small group. I told you about my two guys. I can't imagine that because it's one thing for someone to say they'll pray for you. And we should do that. It's another thing for someone to say, I'll pray with you. That's a different ballgame. This is what Jesus has reached out to these guys for. I want you to pray for me. I want you to pray with me in this moment. Please keep watch with me. And so it's a really good thing to take away. We need to pray with our friends. We need our friends to pray with us, to lock arms and to say, okay, I didn't know this. I'm absolutely going to pray with you right now. I'm going to pray over you as you feel you're being torn apart right now. Let me intercede for you in this moment. We believe in small groups at this place. I hope you're in a small group if you're watching this. If not, we'd love to get you in one. In 2020, small groups were different for us, and I'm sure it was for you as well, because everything had to be on Zoom. That was new, um, and I think we're all Zoomed out right now, but uh, my small group met on Zoom. I remember this one night where just, it was, it was really kind of an off, off-handed comment to where I said something about anxiety. It was in what we were studying, and I said something like, I understand anxiety, and I didn't really want to go, go there. It wasn't what the topic was really on. So I just mentioned it. There was a lady in my small group, beautiful lady, so wise. She said, I understand anxiety well. And I went, you do. And so, you know, we have the windows with everyone. It's like, but we're in this window together having this conversation about anxiety. And I went, I get that. I understand that. There was this me too kind of moment with anxiety. And in preparation for this message, I said, Latre, would you please, please share your story? I really think it would encourage other people. Without hesitation, she said, absolutely. This is my friend Latre and her story about anxiety. Who am I? Um, my name is Latre. I love to go by Trey. That's what you call me when you see me. Um, I am originally from Oakland, California, the Bay Area. Um, I first visited Texas, Houston, in like 2017. My pastor back home introduced me to a family that's out here, and that's my that's my family here, and um, they were a member here, and. Um, I just came. I came one time, like I came one time and seen Pastor Kenny. He had on some shorts and some Nikes or something. He was like real laid back. That's how my pastor is back home. I was like, this is my church right here. <laughs> and so I think if Pastor Kenny had a suit on, I probably wouldn't have came. <laughs> so thank God for some Nikes and shorts. <laughs> My first experience with uh, anxiety was like 2010, 2011. Driving down the street and a gust of air, just like <gasps> out of nowhere. And it continued, it continued. And I was like, what in the world is going? I'm having a 
panic attack driving down the street. <laughs> like a panic attack driving down the street. And I just had a thought. It was just a thought. The thought triggered the anxiety. The anxiety triggered the panic attack. Okay, now my brain is saying, we about to shut it down because we got to survive. Worst feeling I felt. 10 years now, like I'm battling anxiety for 10 years and not addressing it. Like it's has definitely taken control over my life. I remember the night where I, I said I was giving up, where I decided I'm, I didn't want to end my life, but because I didn't see, I didn't see God, I didn't see, I didn't see, I was, I was done. Like I was done. And the night I said that I was done was the night everything became okay. I began to hear his voice. I felt his presence and we were having a conversation. And the conversation goes a little something like this. I know you want to give up. I've been right here the whole entire time. I don't want to do this by myself anymore. I got you. If I let everything go, I'm not going to have anybody. I'm not going to have anyone. I got you. Just trust me. I cried the whole entire time. I cried myself to sleep and I woke up new. What God did for me in anxiety was bring me closer to him. If I did not have the anxiety, if I did not have the, the heartache, the, the pain, the, if I didn't go through what I went through, I probably would not see God for who he is. It's not an amazing story. I mean, I love it. I love that God stepped into her life and she had this moment with him which is really the next point that I wrote down when we look at Jesus, and that is not only pray with your friends, but trust your Father. Trust your Father. Let's look at this together as we keep reading in Mark chapter 14. Look at verse 35. Here's what it says. Going a little farther, Jesus fell to the ground and prayed that if possible, the hour might pass from him. Verse 36, Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup of suffering and pain from me. Yet not what I will, 
but what you will. It was a gut level prayer. It was just so honest. No memorized prayer. He just hit his knees and said, Father, I know you love me. I certainly love you. I don't like these feelings. So here's my request. Would you please take this away from me? That's what I'm wanting you to do. What a great prayer. What an honest prayer to pray. Um, I want you to look at this word, if you don't mind, anxiety. You can see it on the screen. Find the middle letter. What is it? <laughs> I. I want you to look at this word on the screen. Pride. What's the middle letter? Yep, you guessed it. I. <laughs> Here's what I've learned in my own life. And this is where we're a little different than Jesus. Anxiety and pride for us are in the same package. When anxiety hits, that is an indicator that there is some self-preservation that is wanting to happen. Something is telling me, protect yourself, protect yourself, protect yourself, protect yourself. Something's telling me you're in danger about you, so save you. Pride and anxiety go together. Now, I want to tell you the very first time I experienced anxiety, the very first time I experienced a lot of what Latre just said. Um, this was 17 years ago. I'd gotten a phone call to go serve at a church. And after the phone call, we were excited. My wife and I were excited. God had spoken, made it so clear. It is exactly where we need to go. I hung up the phone with the pastor and I said, man, we're excited too. It's going to be awesome. I cannot explain what happened next. I have never experienced anxiety in my life at this point. Cannot explain this. All I know is right when I hung up, anxiety hit me and I had no idea what it was. The chills, the sweat, the skin crawling, my knees buckled. And I remember it being around two o'clock, three o'clock during the day. And I thought, I just got to get home. I make it to my car. I get home and I am on the carpet in the bedroom, clawing carpet. And my wife looking at me going, what's wrong with you? What's going on? She doesn't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on. I just tell her the story. I'm like, and then this happened to me. Some of you can relate to this. Not knowing it was anxiety, I had no idea what to do. Late that night, I'm up all night long trying to calm myself down, trying to find peace. Nothing, 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 nothing. The next night, same day, the next night, same thing happens. This time I'm on the couch. Um, little backstory. The church that had called me was going through a lot of transitions in life. Um, some churches don't make the transitions that this church was wanting to make. On the couch, it is now at 3 a.m. And I remember I had a pillow. I'm on the couch. And I said, God, please don't ask this of me. Please. I'm begging you. Don't ask this of me. Silence. I just felt like if I could name the fear, if I could just name it. And I remember saying this, watch, it works like this, the, the, this concentric circle in this moment. I'll never forget this. God, churches don't make that transition. Nothing. God, I might end up working at Chick-fil-A. Right? So now it's about the church. Watch this. Now it's about my job. God, I have a two-year-old daughter. All of her friends are here. See how it's getting a little bit more personal? Now it's my daughter. 
Now, this was like an hour and a half long. Early in the morning, these circles are starting to just narrow itself down. Then it came down to me and Valerie. I don't want my wife to have to go through this. Complete silence. And then I remember these words coming to my mind. I know it was God. It's just me and you. Do you trust me? It was as it wasn't audible. Okay, I've never heard God audibly speak to me. When I read the Bible in the Old Testament and God spoke audibly, people ran for the hills. Okay, it usually didn't work out well for them. Uh, it wasn't audible. I just knew God was asking me to do something I did not want to do. Do you hear it? I didn't want this. I didn't want it for my daughter. Didn't want it for my, my wife. Didn't want it for my career. Didn't want it for my job. I, 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 I. Watch this. It all comes down to, will I surrender to you? Anxiety can actually be an amazing tool that God can use in your life to show you something about you if you allow him to. Didn't know that at the time. I look back and now it makes a whole lot of sense. So now anxiety is an indicator of, okay, God, what am I trying to look out for for my life? What am I worried about in my life? Expose it. Let me sit in it, not try to escape it. You see the difference now. And it, so, so Jesus is saying, not my will, but yours be done. And here's what I love from Simon Peter, who was there that night. He would later write in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6 and 7. Here's what he says. Watch how he puts this together. Humble yourself <laughs> under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time, casting all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Simon Peter knew this. He said, you can't be lifted up if you're letting your pride weigh you down. You can't cast your anxiety on him if you're hanging on to your pride. You can't do both and you got to choose. Is this moment that we're going through, loss of my job, uh, uncertain about my future, our financial situation, are you going to try to take that into your own hands and solve it and fix it yourself? Or are you going to throw that on him, humble yourself, because I just need you to know, if it's all about you, expect the weight of the world to be sitting on your shoulders, because it is. So Simon Peter says, humble yourself under God's mighty hand. And I love what he says. Throw it on him because he cares for you. What you're caring about right now, guess what? God has cares too. And his care is you. And while you're looking at what you're concerned about, God's looking at you because he's concerned about you. He's passionate about you. He loves you. He is looking out for your soul and your heart. And while you're trying to fix and figure out, he's just going, would you put it in my mighty right hand? I know how to take care of this. And more importantly, I know how to take care of you. So Latre was exactly right. Anxiety can actually be a tool that God uses to bring you closer to himself. So uh, what we learn from Jesus, you pray with friends, you trust your father. And the third thing we learn from Jesus is this. You tell your feelings. You tell your feelings. Listen, at some point, you turn on your feelings. Some people say this, hey, follow your feelings. Don't do that. I'm do not 
ever do that. Your feelings will completely lie to you, especially when it comes to anxiety. Here's why. Anxiety causes you to live in a false reality. Anxiety pulls you out of reality into a false reality of what could happen to you, but most of the time won't ever happen to you. And it's okay to tell your feelings, you will not boss me around anymore. I'm done. I am done. You are going to get in line with truth. And you tell your feelings exactly what is happening because you're going to feel completely different. Here's the phrase that I learned from someone who helped me through anxiety. You look at anxiety and you say these two words. It's going to be on the screen. Prove it. Prove yourself. Prove what you're saying to me right now. God doesn't love you. Prove it. Because every verse I read in his word, he tells me he does love me. So prove it then. Um, you're, you are alone and you will be abandoned. Prove that. I want you to prove that. Because everything I read in this sacred ancient text has men and women who've experienced anxiety and God never left them. And what God has said to me in his word, I will never ever leave you. So anxiety, you keep telling me I'm alone. I need you to prove that somehow, some way. Why don't you tell me? Um, not going to make it financially. Prove that. Because when I read scripture, it is very clear that God Almighty owns it all. And he has promised he will meet all of my needs in Christ Jesus. Matthew chapter 6 comes to mind when Jesus looked at a crowd who was very worried about themselves financially of what's going to happen in the next week, in the next month. And his two words were simple. Don't worry. Your heavenly father knows what you need and he will take care of you. How does he care for you? How much does he really know you? In a 8 billion people on the planet, he knows every hair on your head. He cares for you. So if you're going to lie to me over and over during the night, I want you to prove it then. See, don't let your anxiety boss you. In the name of Jesus, boss your anxiety. This is exactly what Jesus did, by the way. Uh, go, go back to Mark chapter 14. At one point during that late night of anxiety and distress, his soul being torn apart, he finally said these words in verse 42. I love this. Enough! Exclamation point. Enough. Look at this. The hour has come. And look, the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise! Exclamation point. Let us go. Here comes my betrayer. He is resolute. He is determined. There are no more tears over what's happening. There's no more requests. I have presented my request before God of what I desire. This is what God desires. So emotions, feelings, anxiety, deep sorrow, you're going to get in line with what my father wants, not what I want. You will not be, you will not be the engine on this train. You will be the caboose. So enough, enough. And I love what Jesus said, rise up, rise up. I'm just telling you, if you have heard my story, if you have heard Latre's story, and more importantly, if you have heard the story of your Savior, let's not only just learn from Him, let's follow Him. Let's follow His lead on this. He owns it all. And with His mighty right hand, 
He knows how to raise you up and set you free in just a moment of time, a moment of time. Let him use it to teach you something as painful as it is. Walk through it like he walked through it. As hard as it is, go through it, but don't go through it alone. And getting counseling does not show weakness. It shows wisdom. You take whatever step you need to take, but today it's real simple. What are you so anxious about? Are you willing to just let it go and release it and trust your father and to say, I know what I want, but whatever you want, my answer is yes to you. You are a good father and I'm believing, I am believing, I am believing, I am believing you love me, you are for me, you have the best in mind for me. And I will not live in an alternate reality that's just not true and so full of lies. I'm going to live right now knowing, knowing you have written this word for my life. And I'm going to build my life on what you say, not what I feel. Listen, over these past several weeks, so many people who have given their life to Jesus, they've come to a point where they realize they need him and they want him. And today is no different, no different. Would you let him be the boss of your life? Because not only being the boss of your life, he becomes your best friend in life. He becomes your leader in life. He becomes your comforter in this life. Everything your soul wants that's being torn apart, the Bible says that he actually come to heal what's broken and shattered as only he can. And no, maybe like Latre, it's not overnight. Maybe like me, like me, it's, it's every now and then in your life according to circumstances. Either way, we all need him because he is the answer to what we're going through. I want to give you the opportunity to do that today. Would you bow your heads wherever you are? And the first thing I want you to do is just humble yourself before him. You say, how do I do that? Just right where you are, just say, you are God and I'm not. You made it all and I made nothing. And I need you. You know my pride, how I want to control, and you fill in the blank. I want to control my money. I want to control my marriage. I want to control my job. I want to control my future. Just tell him, tell him. And I am releasing that today. That's how you humble yourself. So just tell him, I'm releasing my pride to you today. And I am receiving the gift of your Holy Spirit today. I'm receiving you into my life to be the boss of my life. I'm ex accepting freedom. I'm accepting grace. I'm accepting mercy in my life today. Thank you for caring for me. Just tell him. Tell him everything you're thankful for. Just tell him now. Thank you for caring for me. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for never leaving me. Thank you for empowering me. Thank you for the gifts you've given me. Thank you for the friends you put in my life. Thank you for your word that is truth. Just thank him. He's so good. And just tell him, I receive all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.